See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, sing it, baby. La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, no, sing it, baby. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. You're listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team, here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Welcome into the Curse Cast. It is our season finale. RJ Montano, David Carl. RJ, how you feeling, man? Man, is it is it really over? Like this first season feels like it. It feels like it just started, and it feels like it started ten years ago at the same time. Yeah, and you know what? It's when you say over, the first season's over. But yeah, I mean, pumped for year two. Pumped for year two. Excited for all the things that we're gonna have in year two. Um, But yeah, that's it's it's the season finale, and just like we had at the beginning, our very first episode, uh, we had Troy Lassane and. that's what we've got today. Head coach, technical director, Troy Lassane, the man behind the tactics, the man who brought in every New Mexico United player except one. Uh, he's going to be joining us in just a little bit. But before we get to that, RJ, how are we feeling? How are we feeling, uh, I guess, what is it, two and a half weeks removed? Two weeks and change removed from the end of the season? Are you excited for year two? Are you out of the postseason hangover? How are you feeling? The optimism is back. Beautiful. The optimism I like that I had at the beginning of the last season is is back again because it's it's a fresh season now. Where who, who's coming in? Yeah. Who are we keeping? Uh-huh. What do we expect next year? I can't wait to play Minnesota United again. <laughs> we should do we should do like a friendly with them. I want to do a friendly with them. I want to do a friendly with forward Madison, and I want to do a friendly uh, with with Juarez. Those be, three teams are friendly. That'd be really cool. And if we could do, I, I remember someone last episode. Had sent us a question uh, for Peter about trying to do some sort of tour around the state. I would love for us to do like a match in Farmington and a match in Las Cruces and a match in Portales. Yeah, that would be so cool. Gallup and Grants. Yeah. Grants, I guess, but. You hate well. You hate Grants. I love. I'm from Grants. I know that's why you hate. That's Grants. why I know that it. Just, <laughs> I like Grants. I, I, no, I do too. Yeah. I grew up there. Went Grant's to school cool there, but actually, I grew up in Santa Fe, much better than Grants. <laughs> but I, I Grants. like Grants. I've had I've had good times in Grants. Yeah. Chanel's family is from Grants, as you're well aware yes, as well. So Chanel, my girlfriend, is from. Well, she's not from from Grants. Her parents are from Grants. Anyway, uh, the the USL postseason marches on without New Mexico United, as we're well aware. Who else are they without? Uh, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Uh, let's do that Nashville, right now. I think that's what I was thinking. Yeah, right? you're thinking Nashville. Right? Thinking you're thinking Nashville. Nashville. So, uh, four matches, obviously, uh, this past, uh, what, this past Saturday, Friday and Saturday. So, on, let's start with the match that was on Friday. Uh, Real Monarchs 2, Phoenix Rising 1. A big upset, uh, I would say. Most people would have picked Phoenix in that situation. Phoenix obviously had a record-setting regular season, um, but they fall to the butterflies here. Uh, your thoughts on on the Monarchs pulling the upset? I, I was not surprised by this. I was not either. You know, I wasn't either. There's two teams that have Phoenix Rising's number, New Mexico United and Real Monarchs. Well, they were and the it shows. Yeah, they're the only team prior to this match 
excuse me, were the only team, I think it was, I think, it, and I may be getting this stat wrong, but I think it was the only team in the last 20 uh, matches at home, regular season USL matches, uh, to to beat Phoenix uh, at home in the, their last 20 home matches. I, I said that terribly. You know what I'm getting at. I know at. what you're saying. Yeah. We all know what you're saying. Yeah, and so, and then they, they pull off the upset again, 2-1 to one, uh, is your final. And, and I said last week, I'm sure you, I hope you remember, because otherwise it's going to seem like I'm bragging about nothing. Uh, but I, I, I said that I expected uh, Monarchs to, they're, they're my pick, to win the whole damn thing. Yep. Um, and I, I'm loathe to pick a two-team, but... You know what? Good on them. They they played really well. Junior Fleming scored first in the 25th minute uh, to give Phoenix a, a 1-0 lead. But uh, Jack Blake scores eight minutes later, uh, makes it 1-1, and Michael Chang 10 minutes after that. So 2-1 to one is your final. Uh, Real Monarchs march on at the expense of Rising uh, in that situation. Again, that was the only match on Friday. I think uh, Phoenix Rising, in both you know teams against New Mexico United and against Real Monarchs, uh-huh. Rising has the better athletes. Yeah, I think the better players. I mean, I think and, I think Rising Rising is, is has the best athletes in the in, USL. In the USL. I really, yeah, I agree. they're one I of agree. the best teams in North American soccer. But for some reason, New Mexico United and 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 matchups matter, man. Yeah, is it the matchup? Is it the tactics? Is it the style? What is it about these two teams that can go against the Rising without without too much worry? I think it's partially that. I think it's partially uh, at least. I mean, I. At least from a New Mexico perspective, uh, our guys get up for that match. You know, they they really want to beat Phoenix, and 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 frankly, we as fans really want them to beat Phoenix too. Uh, so I think look. I think that's part of it. I think that's a, a big part of it. And yeah, it's this. Yeah, we've we've gotten into that on social media quite a bit. Hey, we're a big market. I don't care if we only get four thousand fans. We're a big market. <laughs> Hey, you know what? We we know from experience they listen to this podcast. Oh, yes, we do. We yes, have we more do. listeners in Phoenix than anywhere else in the country, I think. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. Anyway, let's move on to Saturday. Um, in the Eastern Conference, which we understandably pay a lot less attention to, frankly. Uh, Louisville City upsets the number one seed, Pittsburgh Riverhounds 2-1. to one. Uh, Again, a number one seed going down back-to-back nights by the same score, 2-1. to one. Uh, And again, very similarly, excuse me, Pittsburgh scored first in this one. The one seed scores first. Uh, Thomas, ooh, wow, I'm going to try and pronounce that last name. Van Kayezili. That's good. I'm sure that's wrong. I'm absolutely 100% sure that's wrong. He scores in the 11th minute. Pittsburgh feels pretty good about it. Um, And then uh, start of the second half, 51st minute to be exact. Luke Spencer pulls one back for Louisville City. And then in the 118th minute, yes, 118th minute, uh, because they go to extra time. Uh, Paolo Di Piccolo, Di Paolo Del Piccolo, Paolo Di, I don't know. He scores. 118 minute. Two to one is your final. Louisville City moves on. They will face Indy 11, who pulled the upset on the road in Nashville. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what happened there in Nashville, RJ. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that I I, I, don't, I don't know what to think about this because it's a semifinal game on a Saturday and Nashville draws around 4,000 fans on their way out of the USL to the MLS. So you can look at this several ways, you know, printed TIFO. Yeah. They print their TIFO. <laughs> Everything about this club is, is, you know, good riddance. Get it, get it, get out. Go to that lower league, the MLS. There you go. Uh, but on their way out, are fans apathetic because they don't want to, it's USL. We don't care. I don't know. Much. I don't know the answer is to it, that. Is it going to be something like, like we saw with Atlanta where they're, their lower league team was only drawing 2,000 fans, and then yeah. they make the MLS, and they're, they're setting league records for attendance. Yeah, and, well, and the thing is, you can't blame it on a Wednesday. It was a Saturday night. 
So it's not like it was a midweek game. Um, it was you don't you it's don't a semifinal playoff game, and you don't have the cold like you would in a lot of other places in Nashville. And it's a semifinal playoff game. You're 100 percent right. So to see 4,000 fans there, it's, it's a little it's a little bit disappointing. It is. It is. And you know what? And maybe like you said, maybe they'll go to the MLS and draw, you know, 25,000 fans a game. And if they do. Good. Enjoy it. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, but we'll stay here this in the is, USL and do yeah, our thing. Yeah, this is proof that, that the, all the MLS cares about is money. They don't care about soccer. They don't care about fans. They care about this this garbage product that they're going to keep putting out. There you go. They, I mean, their, their best player was basically a rented player from the European League. I Well, you know how I feel about the MLS. I think it's a yeah. terrible league without a spine. Yeah, they are spineless jerks. But... Congratulations to Indy 11. It's yeah. our uh, uh, kind of the Lou Wallace's other team. That's right. That's right. Uh, Lou Wallace is an Indiana man. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. So that'll be a really good uh, Eastern Conference final uh, between between Indy and Louisville. Um, was it Louisville's? I think I saw something on Twitter today. Louisville City has made the conference final in every year they've existed. That's impressive. That's incredible. That's, that's really great. Good for them. Uh, best of luck to both those teams. Uh, love me some St. Luligan. So that's my favorite USL podcast, by the way. This is Silly Podcast. Love that show. It's really, really great. Um, and then back to the Western Conference. The final game on Saturday night. El Paso beats Sacramento 3-0. Uh, Jose Gomez scores in the 40th. Sebastian Contreras in the 83rd on a penalty. And Sebastian Velasquez in the 88th. Uh, I watched portions of this match. Not a ton of it. I kind of was, I had it on as background noise as I was doing other stuff. But from what I saw, El Paso looked the dominant team here. Um, we didn't see anywhere near the level of play from Sacramento that we saw when they played us um, and knocked us out. Uh, I, I El Paso is the superior team. Um, and this Western Conference final is going to be a good one. I'm still sticking with Real Monarchs. I yeah. think they're the better team. Um, but you know what? Good on El Paso for for doing their thing. And, um, you know, in a year that has been tough for them, filled with tragedy in the city of El Paso, the club has rallied around the city. The city's rallied around the club. And, um, you know, if they can if they can get past Real Monarchs, it'll, it'll represent the West well. I think either one of these teams will do well. Um when it comes to a final, uh, but I think it'll be Real Monarchs, especially with, with Pittsburgh and Nashville out of the picture. Yeah, you know, the, the two the, looks the like two better really, teams. Uh, the West looks like it's going to be a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, in the past, I mean, it's always been said. I think it's kind of been uh, not so hidden secret that the Eastern Conference overall has been better than the Western Conference in the past. Um, I think that's just like kind the of past. Yeah, and, and maybe that's not the case anymore. You don't know. Um, you know, it's. I, I would love to see, you know, a Real Monarchs Louisville City final. I think it would be beautiful. Honestly, there's not a matchup here that I wouldn't want to see, frankly. These are these are four teams that are play entertaining football. Um and I'd love to see the Western Conference win one. That'd be great. I would love to see it. So even if it is El Paso, who you yeah, know, I can't, I can't, can't do it. <laughs> even you know if, what I love most is El Paso won. They're in the you know the Western Conference final. Yeah, and the first thing they do is come talk trash to Mexican United fans. <laughs> We're living rent free in their yeah, heads. Yeah, we don't even for care. A lot of their fans, like, hey, good, good job, guys. We yeah, yeah, like, like seriously, like we're we're happy that you're happy you guys are doing well. Congratulations, like you guys have this. There's no yeah, need. This is little sister syndrome. There's no need. There's no need. You know, again, best of luck to them uh, against Monarchs. I think Monarchs will win. Maybe they won't. We'll see. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens. We've got. Three more matches left in the USL season. Two semifinals and a yeah, final. That's, man, yeah. it came so fast. Yeah, that's what she said. hey <laughs> Oh, I don't know if that's... We may need to edit that out. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of it for our first segment. Troy Lesane is here. You want to bring him in? 
Yeah, let's do this. All man. right. He's waiting outside. Let's, let's call him in. All right. Head coach, technical director, Troy Lesane, right around the bend. We'll be right back with more of the Curse Cast. New Mexico United Soccer. More than a team, this is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad, and we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt her. We had to Because we can blow your own mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We can blow your own mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017. The team. We can blow your own mind. And welcome back into the Curse Cast. RJ Montano, David Carl here, and we are joined by the head coach and technical director of New Mexico United, Troy Lesane. Coach, thanks for joining us tonight. Man, it's a pleasure to be back with you guys, and uh, just want to say from the beginning what you guys have done all year, both in here, on the field, has been spectacular, and uh, just really appreciate it. Well, likewise, feelings mutual. Uh, what you guys have done has been amazing, nothing short of it. And and you mentioned well you. It's great to be back. This is not your first time right. on the show. Uh, lots changed since the first time you were here, though, huh? A lot's changed. I think, you know, I did the I did the first show. Is that right? I think it was the first, first show. show yeah. yeah. Did the first show, and I don't think that there were any expectations. I think we all had that kind of internal hope that it would be, you know, a, a big club, and we would have a lot of things that we, we could think are, are positives in year one and, and be a winner on the field and develop culture and identity and system and style and all those things, but we didn't know. And, uh, man, I think we did that in a big way and we did it all together. That's the coolest part is this community, this entire, you know, Albuquerque and New Me- the, the state of New Mexico showed up for us in a big way. And I, I think we tried to reciprocate that and reflect the state as best we could in year one. So it's just, it's incredible to see where it's come in such a short period of time. And talk about a club with an identity. I mean, that's, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, we were, we were, an amorphous blob at the beginning. We had no form. We had no shape. We had no identity. Mm. Uh, and to see from then to now how that has gelled and become truly New Mexican, uh, everything surrounding this club, from the supporters to the players to the front office to the coaching staff um, and, and everything in between, it, it, it truly has become a club with an identity, maybe more so than, than almost any other club that I've seen. I, I've, granted, I'm biased here, but but it's great to see. It's phenomenal. And, and I think that one thing that a lot of organizations talk about is their culture. Sometimes it's just a cliche that's thrown out there and, and you know, it, it, people want to talk it up to be something bigger than it is. Ours is ours is palpable. There's a real energy in our club that is authentic to New Mexico. And I think a lot of that, again, it goes back to the people involved. Our, our players, every single one of our players have helped contribute towards making that culture you know exactly what it was in year one which is something we all are extremely proud of our fans you know you two guys really and truly our front office owner just everyone that's involved has contributed and and we we need every single one of those those individuals that have been involved to to make it go in year one and then make it go for the next you know 10 20 years well there was one of those things that uh, you yourself had kind of put into place. I think early on with this team was was the team's ethos, the club's ethos, mm. um, and there were three pieces of that. Sure. For those who who haven't been to the uh, to the, the the club store and seen it on the wall, or or haven't heard you talk about it, what were those three things, and and why did you choose them? 
uh, Josh, was this? This a- is Josh's question. Yeah. So okay. actually, let's give credit to Josh Lane. Hey, coach, big <laughs> fan. Uh, how did you decide on the three words that comprise the team's ethos? That's, that's Josh Lane. That's amazing. Well, shout out to Josh as always, and uh, big fan, Josh. Big fan. But you know those those three words. I think when we were trying to define what our ethos would be, one, I wanted to make sure that they reflected you know who I was as a coach and who a lot of the players were uh, on the field in terms of, of what they what they give every single day. The the determining factors of hard work, humility, and diligence are our ethos. And then most importantly, in, in making that you know making that determination about what we wanted our ethos to be, we wanted to make sure that it reflected the state. And that first, the first three, four months of me on the job, whenever I got named the head coach in August, were centered around going out and running youth sessions, going out and going to Star Brothers and, and you know, just being with this community and understanding because a guy from South Carolina and North Carolina had no idea what New Mexico was about. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stood out to me the most about what this, this entire state is about is the community. And the community is centered around hard work, humility, and diligence. It's a, it's a as a group of people that really and truly that's that's what resonates with this state. So that's what I wanted the the club to be founded on. And again, those are great words to have, but we we had to go get the players to carry out that mission and carry out that that ethos every single day. And and really and truly when you watch us play, if you're not seeing those qualities, then then that's then that's an issue for me. Um, and I think for the most part throughout the entire season, maybe at times we, we lack that uh, every now and again. But over the course of the entire season, I think you always saw saw those characteristics from our team. And that that's a big deal. Again, that's that's an identifier for what New Mexico United is. And one thing that we noticed from the beginning and throughout the entire season is you put New Mexico first. Mm. There was not a time that you weren't at one of the curse events or one of the players or Mm. someone from the front office was at a curse event or just out in the community at the schools and different uh, just aspects of of just being in the community. So we appreciated that from the beginning. I mean, you you came in with with these open arms, just like, I don't know what's going on here in New Mexico, but I'm open to, to... you know, being part of the culture, being sure. part of the city and the state. So that's, I think, something we appreciated the most from this. Absolutely. This we agree wholeheartedly. And I would imagine with those three pieces of the ethos, it's not always easy to maintain them all of the time. Uh, that's right. I would imagine there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. Um, were there times that were harder than others? And, and how do you kind of recenter and try to get back to them? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, I think that you look at those three characteristics: hard work. The, these are non-negotiable. So you're right. Sometimes uh, th- there are difficult times throughout the season, and maybe you're not measuring up as an individual to to the best of your ability for every single one of the characteristics. But it, but it's a it, there there are three words that are a roadmap to always go back to. That you know, those are the resets. If we're not doing those three things as non-negotiables, then we're not you know, coming close to being able to talk about tactics or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, and again, that, that goes into that culture piece of, I think culture beats tactics a lot of times. And, and you have to have that first and foremost, you have to have that connection uh, between the players and that energy that I was talking about earlier. So, you know, the, the, and I'll answer your question, but hard work, 
you know, that's something that's easy to see. We, we don't want to be outworked by our opponent. The humility aspect of it, you know, we want to come to work every single day and be exactly who we are and not try to walk around like we, we have all the answers. And but there were times, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, there were times when we got off to this great start. Mm-hmm. You know, we were unbeaten for the first seven matches, I think that's it right, was. That's right. And it was hard for me to be humble at times. Sure. It was hard for RJ to be yeah, humble at times. We thought we were the best best thing in best soccer team in the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I would imagine players are people too that's got to creep into their heads as well well we want we humility don't don't mistake it you know you want to have a, a healthy uh group of, or a dose of confidence within sure. that level of humility there's no doubt about it you want to be confident in what you do and that you know there, there's different ways to be humble and, and not be arrogant mm-hmm. and then uh and then the last piece of that is the diligence part not only do we want to try to outwork our opponent at all times, but we also want to try to outthink them and outsmart them. So the, those are the three things that, you know, we have to always go back to those three characteristics within our club to make sure that we're measuring up to it. When there's difficult times, you know, believe me, there, there's different resets that we can hit as a staff and, and the players themselves that we, um, you know, that we set forth throughout the entire season. We talked a lot about what those resets look like. Uh, but But I feel like you know, when we're not measuring up to those characteristics, you, you probably saw that in maybe our hardest stretch uh, whenever we had two draws and three losses. And it was in that August, September period. And I could honestly look the players in the eyes and say, OK, are we are we really measuring up to those three characteristics? Are we are we outworking? You know, it was uh, an Orange County that was man, they were just better than us on the day. Right. Um, and I think that the, within that stretch against Portland away. They were they were just better than us on the day, and and again, it didn't really have much to do with tactics so much as it did effort, our level of concentration with the you know the the diligence and you know our tactics, and then even maybe a bit of the, what you're talking about with the humility. Maybe we thought we were going to walk in and you know take care of business, and and uh, we were we, we found out the other way very very quickly, and and some of those tough stretches during the match. But even with that, I mean, there's there's a lesson to be taken and some positive to be taken out of that. If you do go into this thinking, okay, we're going to go into Orange County, we're going to go into Portland and take a, you know, it's a match we should win. We're going to go in there and win. It sucks to lose it. But yes. at the same time, you can look into next year, maybe some of these players who maybe didn't know what that was like. Now they go into year two and they're thinking, okay, I'm not going to go into these places where we think we should win and just assume I'm going to go in there and I'm going to play every match like we're playing against the best team in the league. Right. And, and, and hopefully they can take that lesson from it. Well, yeah, I mean, look, this is where I, I know you two will differ probably in what I'm about to say, but this is where you have to give, you know, a Phoenix an unbelievable amount of credit. No, I don't. I know. I understand. <laughs> I under, I've listened to, I've listened to every single one of the, uh, let me, let me ask you coach. Do you think Phoenix plays more like individuals or a collective? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, answer, don't, don't answer that. Coach. Oh don't, God. Don't. We'll start a Twitter firestorm. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I mean, look, the, their collective effort throughout the entire season was unprecedented. Sure, and they, absolutely. And they went into every single match and never took anything for granted. And that's why they set a new standard in, in you know, the USL regular season with what they were able to do. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and I think that's we, – we always carry ourselves that way. But there are different points in the season where maybe you think, you know, you can get away with cutting a corner here or cutting a corner there or, or just maybe not concentrating. And you, you just can't do that, you know. And we all learned that lesson. Um, and, and I think that this group of players rarely did that happen throughout the season, by the way. Sure, um, yeah. But that's that's a lesson that throughout a very long season, you can have a great start like we had, but you have to continually stay focused. It's a long, long season uh, to, to make sure to, to carry out to the best of our abilities who we are. Sure. I 
I think that makes a lot of sense. I want to get to a few of the questions people gave to us sure. on Twitter. Um, one of them from DJO. Um, he asks about kind of specifics of players coming back. I don't want to get into specifics of players coming back. But what I do want to get into uh, is the second portion of his question is, are there specific areas where you'd like to add depth? Mm. Um, you know, we, we're a small roster, and this can go into another question, actually. Sure. We're a small roster. I think we played with 23 this year. Is that right? Yeah, 22. 22. Yeah, 22. Yep. 22 this year. It's just one of the smaller rosters in the league. Uh are there areas you want to add depth? Do you want to? I know you've talked about wanting to ha- keep a small roster in the past. Yeah. To kind of have a cohesive unit, is that something you want to continue to year, do in year two? I think so. I mean, I think I look at the entirety of the season and and my years in the USO. This this will be I think my seventh season coming up as an assistant coach and now as a head coach, and I I look at how our league is built and you look at a lot of the teams that have success. Yes, there there might be teams that have you know, more depth than us in terms of, you know, numbers. But I, I really like the idea of a small squad knowing at any given chance it can be that individual's moment to step up. And you saw that throughout the year. Um, you know, did, did every single player capitalize on their, their moment at every single time? Absolutely not. But I, I think, you know, I'd rather have a group that knows that they're always in the hunt, that they always have a chance to play rather than always being on the fringe because that's, that, that starts to become toxic as well, right? If you mm-hmm. have a, a deeper squad in numbers, then you, you might have the same four, five, six guys out of the mix every week. And that starts to take away from that, you know, that group of 2022 20, that are really pushing towards trying to win a championship. And I, I would imagine if I'm one of those players who may, maybe I am in that five who doesn't make the roster week in and week out, I may not put in the effort. I may think I may start looking ahead to next year and say, all right, where am I going to play next year? Because I'm not playing here. Sure. Um, and so... I, I can I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, this, this does happen. You know, there's no doubt about it. Again, these guys are humans. They they have to interpret what their situation is, and you know, they start to look out for themselves a little bit. But again, mm-hmm. that starts to work against what that ethos is. We right. want a selfless group of individuals who are trying to put the team first. And when you have a smaller number, it's easier to control that that dynamic. Um, in terms of adding depth to the team, you know, I, th- I think we we want to we want to try to make the team more competitive from the standpoint that. We, we did finish in 10th place. You know, we can't get around that. I sure. think I think it was a very positive first season. We can talk about that in more in, in more depth here. But very, very positive first season in terms of the way that we've uh, established a culture, established identity, a style, a system. I think people know what our, our football looks like. Um, you know, our results on the field were certainly a great spike in the Open Cup. They were solid in USL, but they have to improve. And so we want to make the squad more competitive in, in every single position. I, every player I met with at the end of the year, I said, I want to bring in a guy that makes it more difficult uh, for you next year, you know, and, and, and the guys that we've retained so far. So we're, we're looking to add in all positions. And I know that's a little PC, but that's, yeah. that's the truth. We have to improve everywhere on the field. Well, I imagine having a smaller roster, those guys appreciate you more knowing that they made kind of an elite group of men like this is a, a smaller group you're not going to yeah. carry just as many as you can you're going to carry the the right guys so they appreciate that but is there is there a type of player that you're looking for is there maybe more size something that you didn't have this year that maybe going forward you want to look for i i know that every player you're going to bring in is going to be a great human being it's mm. just from from year one what we learned about you and your your style you're, they're going to be great humans which we could not possibly appreciate any more than yeah, they do I mean, they're fantastic I but is there is there that. something else is there size is there speed is there something that you you might want to look into just a, 
an, an attribute to these guys. Yeah, I, th- I think every coach will always tell you that they want to try to you know bring in a, a lot more athleticism uh, in the group, and I and I think that that's an easy one to point out for for any team anywhere across the world uh, just from the standpoint that you want a player that, that has range or has versatility or has the ability to you know win, win more battles in the air sometimes that look, is looked at as, as an athletic quality so I, I think I think that uh, on the whole for the most part we're looking to add players like you said that are going to add to what our culture is first and foremost and make sure that the the good people that we have continue to be that and and the community relates with them and then you know specifically to how how it'll help improve our team from a tactical and technical standpoint um you know we 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 have to we have to figure out a way to not concede as many goals i think that you know that that doesn't just fall on our goalkeeper or or our back four or you know our midfield group that's the entirety of the team we we and that's and that's uh i i look at things that i need to improve on Believe me, I built this team probably the opposite of what most teams build. Most teams are pragmatic. They want to go defense first, then your build up. Then we'll talk about how we want to attack. Then we want to talk about scoring goals. I I I uh, I need to go and look at that that model a little bit more because I went the opposite way. I wanted to score goals. I wanted to be, you know, entertaining. And and you were, and we did. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 no arguing with that. But again, we. Uh, you know, defense wins championships, and and what that means again isn't about specific players. It's about uh, just in in general. One, I have to coach that side of the game better, and then two, we all have to have we have to have that enjoyment the same way we have the enjoyment in possession. We have to enjoy that out of possession moment in the game of just saying, you know what, it's okay for the opponent to have the ball. We're going to enjoy this moment and make it really difficult for him, just like we do in possession. All right. So here's uh, this. This lesson's free for you, Coach. Okay. Uh, what we me. should do tactically mm-hmm. is we should be really good everywhere. Okay. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying to answer yeah. RJ's question. Yeah. We, we have to this be is... better everywhere on the field, yeah. right? We should just be really good, <laughs> be better than our opponents at the top and the midfield, a defense and a goalkeeper. There we go. Just, just you're welcome for that. I appreciate. Don't tell that. anybody. I appreciate that. <laughs> we got a question from Alex Mansfield. Okay. Uh, he always gives us good questions. He says, "Who do you think grew the most as a player this season and as a person?" And then he also says, "From a technical technical perspective, excuse me, what do you think was United's best performance in terms of tactical planning from your staff and on field execution from the players? Your United blueprint, if you will." So, yeah, I mean, I think. It's uh, I'll answer. I'll answer. I think it was three parts to that question. So the yeah. first is, who do I think grew the most uh, as a player? Mm-hmm. And and that to me is actually Chris Weehan. I know he's our MVP, but I think Chris uh, he did so well in Reno. Then he obviously signed for San Jose, and then he was kind of back and forth between San Jose and Reno last year. But I told him whenever we were talking about through the recruiting process about him joining New Mexico uh, that I wanted him to be much more of a focal point of of how we play. Um, within our system and I feel like he played in the 10 role a lot of times he mm-hmm. played in the 8 role he played in the 7 role and so to see him you know add so much versatility about where he could be on the field and still be impactful and influential no matter what I, I do feel like that is something that you know I look at and I feel great about the way Chris has developed um, as a person the, probably the first player that stands out is I, I didn't I didn't know I knew I knew I knew so many of these players and had so many different relationships with these players that we brought in this year from past coaching experiences. One that I didn't know was our first signing, Dev Sandoval. Mm-hmm. So Dev grew in a way as as a person. Just as he he's 
such a phenomenal leader. You know, it's hard to, you, you know, he's going to lead by example because he's just always putting in a shift. There's no doubt about that. But the coolest thing for me to see was how he developed it as a leader in the way that he communicated. When this guy speaks, man, the whole locker room turns. Like everybody is looking and seeing what he's saying. Sometimes he's not saying anything at all. They're looking at his body language. And I told Dev this, you know, that's a, a very powerful thing as a leader. And to see him start to, you know, really grow into that role was very special. And that and that's on both those players, Dev and, and Bees. Um, that's a lot of pressure, though, to have the team really feed off your body language. you got to be aware at all times. And, and he it's, it's really cool, too, because... Dev would start saying something to me before I could get on Dev in training or in a match. And he's like, I got you. Yeah. You know, one of those, like, maybe he was just saying that, like, I don't, I don't really want to hear it right now, <laughs> which that happens. But, but he, I think he really understood, like, people are watching me mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and that's, you know, and fans are watching him too. They're looking to see, you know, how, how is he responding to adversity? So he just, man, he, he's, I've told him all year, he's carried this, this mantle of the whole state of New Mexico and he does it with such grace and humility and he's just a phenomenal person so it's great to see how he's grown into that role and then performance um these these are good questions by alex Uh, alex he never he never gives us cheap questions he always (laughs) thinks them through it's thorough yeah performance i you know the vegas performance for us was very complete i thought we we you know i can go all the way back to some performances in the beginning of the season where we were just all over teams, Real Monarchs. I know the score line goes our way, but we just we were we were so good out of possession, pr- pressing high at the field. We were so good uh, in possession in terms of how we move them and score goals. And I, f- I felt like we saw that again against Vegas in the end of the season in one of our biggest moments. Maybe Oklahoma City, you could point to that one as well. What a complete performance on the road that yeah. one was. That was in points we really needed exactly, at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those are uh, some of the ones that I can think of off the, and and our some of our Open Cup performances were sure class well i think for me i think it's it's that phoenix i mean i know we drew but the last phoenix match i mean we were so the better team for about 78 79 minutes uh and you know i mean that goes to show you that you know you only need a couple minutes to Mm -hmm. for the tables to turn but i mean i thought we looked the most new mexico united in those in those 75 minutes yeah i was i i was so Mm -hmm. impressed by those guys, and I was there's a million times season I was impressed by the guys, but it just it felt uh, almost like militaristic. Like mm. when we needed to be there, we were there. When a guy needed to get to a 50 50 ball, he got there first. When a player needed to overlap, he overlapped, and it just it felt great. I mean, that, that chip that we had at the beginning of the season, it was yeah. back and sure. back in a huge way. Just in the El Paso game, too. Yeah, El Paso was a good performance at home. You're right about the Phoenix game. I the, the reason that doesn't you know, I wouldn't rank that up there is because where that concentration was for 78 minutes you know for for the final bit obviously they score a late goal but even the goal that we give up to make it that allowed it to be two to one both of the goals were kind of crazy yeah, they're their crazy. goals yeah well um, the, the second one you got to just tip your, your hand up. and the yeah. second i mean the first one was it was a, a yeah, tough angle one, yeah, i mean that was, that was not even a goal that was that was a cross, a cross. that, yeah, that yeah, accidentally sure, went sure. in yeah uh and, and you know it, it ends up how it ends up and it's a draw and, and whatever but I, in my opinion, that was maybe one of our most complete performances of the year. I yeah, loved it. Yeah, it was a good one. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so we have another question on Twitter, Blanca, Blanc, at Blanca Las. Uh, she thanks you for being a, a scrappy tac- uh, t- 
technician. Okay. Uh, technical coach. Uh, but she, she wants to know, um, what do you love most about being the New Mexico United coach and why? She also asks, um, what have you found here from the people, this, the fans, the culture that, mm. that you haven't seen anywhere else before? And mm. um, when you go out and see the fan support, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, I think I can answer those um, all in one sentence, which is to say that what's different about the people here, the community here, and you know how they've embraced New Mexico United is not that they've shown up in numbers, but they've shown up in engagement and, and voice. Meaning, I, it matters. You know, it matters to every single one of us that are are trying to make New Mexico United the best team in the USL. And that to me is is vastly different than what I've experienced in other clubs at the USL level. Mm. Uh, I think I've told you guys before, like you saw that in Cincinnati, it spiked so quickly and. But Cincinnati, in terms of population, is just so much denser, right? There's just so many more people in Cincinnati. It's than, a major city. Than, that's right. right. Than, than uh, Albuquerque and then our state in general, New Mexico. So that that to me, and I like that. There's there's pressure behind that. We were talking about year one to year two, mm-hmm. and it it does it does change. The expectations have gone up, but that those expectations have gone up because it just matters. It matters to every single one of these people in, in our in our community, and I love that. I mean, it it means the most because. As a coach, that's what you dream of. You dream of trying to coach a team where people, you know, your your uh, your livelihood depends on the results, and that's that's where it's growing to, which is amazing. It's 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 so much fun because it doesn't matter some other places. Yeah, people just show up and kind of go through the motions, and that that's not what you want. Well, you mentioned that pressure from year one to year two. Is there a spot? Is there a location where you feel that pressure the most? Like I need to do this differently or better or something in year two to meet expectations uh you know yeah because again those expectations are going to be higher that's right and that and again that's a good thing that means we've done something very right in year one yeah i yeah i'd I'd say look we uh, like i talked about earlier what i alluded to we have to do better defensively and that that again starts with me because i i need to focus on that side of the game where I, i just don't i i'm not comfortable on that side of the game no doubt about it i can say that to you just honestly sure the in possession side of the game is what i am am more used to coaching and i I know that side better um and then i'd say look you know there's a there's like a situational part of the coaching side that i have to improve on we we were we were up seven matches and we drew you know that's that's not drop points from winning positions is tough dropping points from winning positions is unacceptable on the flip side you know which kind of cool is that there, there were so many times during the season that we were that we were down and then we went back and we got points or we were down and we went back and actually got the result and won. So that's open a, cup several times. That's right. All all four of the open cup matches that we progressed in or yep. won um, were all from positions where we were down at some stage. Yep. But we have to do better when we're up. We have to do better when we when we take the lead. We have to see those games out. So again, that that to me is setting the players up in an environment they feel more comfortable in training that they've rehearsed it. We know it. Um, as well as that, that's another point. We have to maybe add a little bit more experience into our team with some of the additions that we'll we'll see in 2020. We we didn't have a lot of players with uh, a ton of playoff experience, and mm-hmm. you know that's they're going to gain that experience by playing in, in uh, knockout rounds like the Open Cup. They're going to gain that experience in just more years in the USL. But you can also certainly add to your roster with additions that have been there and done that before. Uh, yeah. No doubt about it. And you mentioned Open Cup. This has been a question that we've gotten from several people. <laughs> um, you know, we had 
an open cup hangover, if you want to call it yeah. that. You know, sure. their players are tired, understandably. You know, you're humans. You have legs that get tired. Uh, is there any thought to focusing more on the league? Do you want to go full on for the open cup again next year? Where's your head on that? I need I need to think about that a little bit more. I think inevitably where it's going to come down to is that we, we the credibility that we gained in year one mm-hmm. from the U.S. Open Cup run is. You know, I I think we we would never trade that for anything, and we wouldn't trade those experiences. That's right. Yeah. Th- that's exactly right. And so when you when you have the opportunity to go to Colorado Rapids and get a result on their field, and go to FC Dallas and and beat them, that that when I say credibility, it helps educate those fans that maybe aren't on board with us yet that you're still kind of on the fence about okay do I want to support this club now they see oh okay well this is a club that can really compete at a, at a very high level and uh you know I, I think we're going to we would we're going to absolutely go for it again you know I think regardless of what RJ thinks and how it fatigues <laughs> us through the season um you know it, it just it does it does mean something to these lower league clubs uh to to compete and try to make it as far as you can in the open cup cuz you want to see you know if if you can stack up with with the MLS clubs there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that um i i do think to answer your question though the the levels of energy that we spiked at like in the beginning of the season we play Fresno at home yeah. and we had this great attendance and i say great because it wasn't 15,000 in May where we hit versus was it eight and change right for the first game I think it was it was a little over 10 was it 10 okay we had a Wednesday game with eight that's what it was that's what I'm thinking so yeah you know what my point is you know we we start off and we have a great attendance and then it and then it starts to go even higher and it spikes for Cinco de Mayo and we we're at 15,000 and we haven't lost we've only lost once in the league and we're progressing in the open cup and we're just gone this this wave of energy that just keeps on going and it goes higher than I think anybody was prepared for. Yes. Then all of a sudden, you know, reality, yeah, reality hits (laughs) in and and you're, you're up one nil and it's the greatest nine minutes in New Mexico United history against Minnesota. And then seven goals and then six goals, six goals. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Six goals. But in some ways that was, that was a little bit of a, you know, kind of forecast for, yeah, getting back to reality um, and, and and saying, yeah, you can't, it just can't keep going in that direction for that long, uh, for, for that amount of time. Sure. Uh, so you're right. We, we, uh, we are human beings. Both our legs get fatigued, but then I think our minds and our hearts get a little bit fatigued. Yeah. And maybe we didn't hit that same level of energy throughout the rest of the season. I think uh, those are real factors and, and some of the reason that the Open Cup does take away, but I would not I would never trade that experience for anything. Yeah, it's some hard to... to, to uh, I, I flip-flop on this so I don't, much. I don't. Because <laughs> that was... Te- with the amount of times and the extra overtimes and everything, it was sure. six extra games. Right. On 100, 120 minutes on many of those um, matches. Yeah, so that's, this six, is a really good point. A total of six extra games. But, I mean, we can't claim notoriety at, at Colorado Rapids. I mean, you look up into the stands and it's half New Mexico United fans mm. just who made the trip. You look, go to Dallas and there's a busload of people. You go we, to Minnesota. We had, we had more people than they did in Dallas. And we have this obnoxiously loud pizza section, this slice <laughs> right. of, of heaven that we just had a blast. At. And we, we, and and we, we kept going the whole and time. we kept going. We did not stop. And we gained a lot of fans from Minnesota sure. even. Just, yeah. just a lot of respect from all these different clubs and, and, we, and, and the soccer community in general. And I can't speak on the soccer community. I'm still really new at it. But yes, you can. I mean, I, I feel like New Mexico United claimed just this big this big slice of respect from that run. Yeah. From, from both 
casual soccer fans and, and kind of hardcore soccer fans. And it's hard to, to, to see what that did. But it was the extra six games. Right. At the end of the season, it looked like these guys played an extra six games. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I, again, when, when you asked me that question earlier from one of the fans about what, what separates uh, you know the the people and the community and and just my experience overall with New Mexico United that you know that show that that run showed that it really did matter and, it, and now it starts to matter to people even beyond our community uh, because they're seeing okay this is a real possibility for a team in the USL and and that again that uh that's that's invaluable for a first year club to be able to to capitalize on that momentum the way we did we all we all capitalize on it. As a lifetime soccer fan, the greatest sports moment of my life was Denver. Yes, <laughs> I wouldn't tra- wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for that. anything. That, it, and it will. There are very few things that could ever top it, uh, and that was I wouldn't trade that. I, I'm for not ashamed anything. to 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 admit that I was crying at the end of that That's game. Yeah, just and we all it, were. It, it meant so much to me. It yep. Just just. Not only was I cheering for for you guys on the field, but just what you've done for our state. I our mean, community. I felt so much pride sure. in just seeing us take over an MLS stadium and the and way we want it. Yeah, and the yeah, way we want absolutely. it. Absolutely, just amazing. So yeah. much drama. I mean, I said that to the group, and you guys probably saw the video, which you know sometimes <laughs> I wish would not be put out there. Uh, Josh, I mean, we need to see that too, though. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I cried after that too. But yeah. it's tr- it's true though. What I said is is what I'm so proud of these players for is that they they allowed a whole state to dream and, and believe in something that's bigger than you know than themselves individually and that's that's what I always try to go back and ask the group you know their, their why and uh, mm-hmm. and so many of the guys want to they, they, they really and truly wanted to allow the state to see things in, in such a bigger way and, and that's and this was a way to do it that was our vehicle and, and not only the USL I think we did well but then certainly being able to play these teams that are in bigger markets and in the MLS and and you said in I think it was one of the pre pregame videos how you you told the players like you've put New Mexico on the map yeah you did yeah. you really did and you put us on the map and you put the curse in in Albuquerque and sure. Las Cruces and Santa Fe and just all these these places that I mean it was incredible just that run as much as is I flip <laughs> on it I, I wouldn't take it back and as much as I mean and you say you know they allowed the state to dream and, and I want to, I want to add a little caveat to that. You say allowed past tense, it's current, yes. it's present, it's yeah. still going. Uh, that's the season's over, but what this club has started with these players, these coaches, this front office has, has started is, is just getting started. The state is still dreaming like that no, because well of said. that. Very uh, well said. We're not done. Uh, we are so, 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 so excited for year two. Um, and again, this is not a past tense thing whatsoever. One hundred percent, I I agree with you. And that. again, that's that's very well said. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so uh, Andrew Bolte, uh, who we we know and love, um, he talked about those tactics discussions that we had at the beginning of the year. He loved those, and he wonders if they're coming back for a year two. He says he knows that it's tough with the schedule and stuff like that. Yeah, the, the more the more times, I mean, Pete and I talk about that all the time. I'm a huge proponent of that because again, I think that's what different differentiates us as a staff and then us as a, a you know a fan base in a lot of ways because we do have that level of engagement with with anybody that wants to show up for that so i think we it, had a blast and it helps you know it does help give a little perspective and then i think what's great for you guys is the the people the some of the individuals that have attended those have come back and they're like i you know i actually like saw what you were talking about yeah previously that's one of my favorite things we yeah. go out there and you and you were playing and i was sure. like hey that's the overlap that troy was talking right, about right. that's what this is and that's that i was like that's so cool to see and i the thing that i think is interesting is and, and some coaches do this you know everywhere in the world but there's there's not this like 
yes, there's things that we want to try to keep somewhat in house. Sure. But if you're watching, you can see it for yourself. So then, you know what I mean? It's not these big secrets or anything like that. We always ask that no one shares any of the stuff on social media, but I, I just think that it's just a great way to try to get some engagement for people to really understand that there is, there's a lot of work that goes into it and, the, and it doesn't just, we're not just rolling the ball out and it happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, uh, we're going to get back to those. That's for sure. And, and maybe some in the off season, if we can figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Well, and getting it, the FaceTime with, with the coach of New Mexico United it's, mm-hmm. is invaluable. You, you don't see that anywhere else. Just sure. even here in Albuquerque, you don't see the Lobo football or basketball coach just coming out to the fans and talking with us. Like we're humans. It's Cause and it's, it's a, it's a family. It, it is. Truly a family. Is. Yeah. It's yeah. just the greatest, the, the great environment that you guys are creating time after time. You just impress us. I appreciate that. Well, the authenticity is again, that's something that i feel like uh like only being here a year a new mexican can spot someone that's being yeah. disingenuous yep you, you know what i mean and they're and maybe the community's wary of that a little bit and i say that because now i'm a part of the community and i understand that because you know again you want to you want to feel like you can relate to someone um, and not just a person but a club yes if the club was disingenuous the community would know and they wouldn't have latched on like they have that's yeah very good point yeah 100 so andrew had another question uh that i like Again, we're not going to get into player specifics. We're not going to say, "Hey, you're going to go sign this guy." Sure. But we are going to. But what Andrew is asking is, where are we looking? Are we thinking from within the USL? Are we looking at college ranks, League One, MLS, outside the US? Mm-hmm. Where are we looking for guys? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, year year one was just such a there, such a massive uh, project to just be able to try to put this put these pieces in place and i think that we've done a really good job of retaining a lot of the the players for next season massively this quickly it's amazing that's right and and some of those conversations as as our press release stated you know those are still ongoing with some of the guys so we we want to continue to actually add to that number of 13 and try to get you know the the majority of the players that we're still having discussions with back Mm -hmm. if we can and then beyond that, you know, so then that brings our roster size to roughly what, 17, 18. I do think it'll probably stay in that 22, 23 range. So that the remaining four, five, six players, if, if we increase the roster size at all, we, you know, we're looking certainly uh, within the league uh, because I think it's important to know our league and, yeah. and make sure and, and have success in our league uh, more importantly. And then the college ranks, I mean, a lot of our players, some of our younger players did come out of that. We're certainly scouting in that area and then we're, we're we are looking at mls uh players we are looking at players overseas it, it's you know to answer andrew's question i'm basically just validating that yeah we're looking at all those spots mm-hmm. we're, we're just we're in a better position this year to be selective about who we want to bring into this culture that you know has to improve us on the field and has to improve our results overall that's that's the name of the game and we're going to try to go here there and everywhere to figure out who who that you know, the best people are to, that can add to that mix. And you mentioned being able to be a little bit more selective. I would imagine, let's say for additional USL players, players who are in the league this past year, I would imagine them seeing what we've been able to build sure. on the field, in the stands. It's got to be an incentive for them to want to come play here, right? hundred percent. What I, what I said earlier, it's a dream to, to, co- to coach in front of a, a group of uh, fans that matters and, and show up and, and numbers and voice. As but it's a, your style too. Sure, it's sure. a play style. I would imagine players want to come play for somebody who goes after it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I definitely players they they want to have they, they want to have that initiative. You know, I talk about that a lot about trying to take the initiative in possession. Um, and and I think a lot of players want to play in that type of system. But it's it's so refreshing to be able to get on the phone with someone now, which I've done in the last week with with so many different players and agents, 
and I'm not selling them on the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, there's still some of that sales. <laughs> Last year, you're like, yeah, just just come to Albuquerque. Don't worry, well, just it, just come on, try exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. They were committing. I've said this so many times, but there's just every single one of these guys that came in year one were committing to the unknown, the complete unknown. To mm-hmm. me, as an unknown head coach, to our owner, who's a first year owner, to our team that didn't exist, and so now, you know, we are. The, the best, uh, highest highest attendance in the league and have 12,000 plus fans, every player sees that. Every player I've talked to and every agent says, that man, what an environment, you know? They do talk, you know, they talk about the style, they talk about the system and it just is, uh, it's refreshing not to have to go into the depths of like, hey, trust me on this. No, they, <laughs> they, they got to see it for themselves. And now and again, now it's about improving that because it was good, but it's got to go into we, we want to try to bring a championship to, to New Mexico. That's that's the goal. And to that end, I mean, in year one, there were a lot of ties to, to Charlotte Independence. There were a lot of ties to Charleston Battery. You don't necessarily have to rely on that as much this year because of, I guess, that the the reputation that yeah, New Mexico has created. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think relationships is still just like, you know, it's a foundational piece of, of uh, what New Mexico United is about. We want to make sure that it's it's the right person. So I'll, I'll rely on a lot of those relationships. So, but you're right. It, it can go outside of that network that was built in year one to year two, expanding that some. And Billy on, on Facebook, Billy Anthony asks, uh, he asked three questions. The second one you've already answered, which is kind of like evolution of tactics. But the first one uh, was, what was the biggest unexpected strength and unexpected weakness of the team on and off the field? And then uh, the other question, which is, I think, more important, who's better, David or RJ? <laughs> okay. Um, big, say that again. Biggest biggest unexpected strength and okay. weakness. Okay. Uh Man, I, I need a little more time to think about this. But biggest unexpected strength on the year, you know, I, I wouldn't want to single any individual out probably. But again, I think the the cohesion of the group and how quickly it came together, it wasn't unexpected from my standpoint. I knew it was a, a good group of guys that wanted to play the same way. But the amount of time that it took to get to, you know, that type of culture, I I've never seen a group come together so quickly. Yeah. And I think that's why we had such great results in the beginning of the year. We were able to be on the same page right away. Um, and does you think it's more of a mental thing than anything else? The coming together that way? Yeah. I, yeah, we spend a lot of time on that though. You know, that's a, that's a piece, that culture piece. I'm sure some of the guys, guys have talked to you about our gratitude talks. We spend as much time on the field that we talk about tactics. We spend a lot of time off the field talking about, you know, who these individuals are and you know who their families are moreover and what what means what what what's important to them yeah um so i think that's that's part of the reason unexpected weakness um you know probably the i I wouldn't say again i wouldn't say it's unexpected i think i i was expecting this and i'm not trying to be self-effacing here it's just there's mistakes that a first year head coach makes right you know and i think that what i try to do is try to not make those same mistakes twice um, sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know, it didn't, but I think that that's something that I look at the amount that I learned. I'm hoping in year two, you know, we can the same way that the players are going to try to take a big step forward, certainly as, as a staff and me individually, that's that, you know, we have to improve in that area as well. Right. We have to make sure that we set ourselves up that when we're up in a game, we close that game out and we get three points. Yeah. So that, again, I don't know if it's unexpected, but as a first year head coach, I think I made, you know, a number of mistakes that I hope in year two they 
we don't see those as often. I think it's anybody in any position with involved with the team. I think that's with the supporters. I think that's with coaches, players, front office, everybody. And we all learn as we go. Yes. And, uh, and I learned a lot. <laughs> so Rachel Johnson. Uh, wait, 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 oh. wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, the other question. Yeah, who's better? Ha <laughs> ha, me or RJ? Come on, come on. There's Remember, I edit this show. There's absolutely <laughs> no chance I'm answering that question. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to, RJ there's, edits the show. He's going to find a, a point where you said RJ and he's going to edit, edit that in. That in. Yeah. There's, there's one uh, real answer and it's Chanel and Susie. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That is absolutely right. They, yeah. they make us go. Um, so Rachel Johnson, uh, you know, Rachel, uh, little miss wants to know mm. how you feel about the players that are leaving. Oh man, I think that's she always hits it with a, a really good question that goes, you know, beyond maybe the obvious, which is really cool actually about her asking questions. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss you know those four guys that we decided to move on from. I'm gonna miss every single one of them and what they brought every single day into the locker room and and certainly onto the field, and and again the relationship that we established in a short period of time. So you know, I mean Tommy, Ethan, Tony, Kenny, uh, you know th- those four guys. What, what we talked about, and I think transparency is another part of, of why we've been able to be successful in year one, maybe sometimes to a fault, but those four guys we looked at and we said, you know, we could have you guys back. It's probably not the best situation for uh, them as individuals. All four of those guys probably wanted a little bit more time. And then us, you know, we need to also make some hard decisions as well. So have, having and, and improve the team. Um, so having to communicate that for four guys who put in a lot to the club, that's that's not an easy thing. So yeah, you know, um, year one there'll never be another first year, and they'll they'll never be a first year roster like we had. And I'm so so appreciative of what they put into it, and, and glad to have them throughout this entire season. That's got to be one of the hardest things I would imagine because we've talked about at length this family that we've mm-hmm. built, and then you know to to lose members of that family at the end of the year, whether it's one player or whether it's ten players. That's right. I'm sure that can't be easy, and to maintain that sense of family when that happens. That's right. Yeah, it is difficult. Uh, but, you know, the reality is is that throughout that entire season, what they felt the entire year was was real, and mm-hmm. it was an experience that I hope transcended what, you know, just was just on-field results for themselves individually and for us as a team. So they always, that you can't take that away from, from their experience. You know, you can't take that away from what they've put into it. And that's always going to be there. That's always a relationship that all four of them, they, they can always rely on me in any way. Um, and, I, you know, I hope they'll utilize that at some point. And they'll always be New Mexicans. They'll always be part of the first club, that's that, right. our first club ever. Yeah. That's right. That's got to be, I mean, even harder because it's your first class. Yeah. So that's that's got to be even more difficult. Uh, we, another question from uh, Bob Newchow. I like this question. Um, how Almost. involved are you with... Uh, United's high performance programming for New Mexico youth and uh, you know mentoring these youth what's how, what's the impact in, from in, in like five and ten years from now yeah I think I've been at every single session that and Zach runs that Zach Prince you know I, I talk to you guys a lot about Zach and Mike and uh, Tyler and Brandon that are a part of my staff I, I think that it's you know I think so much of every single one of those guys everybody will say their staff is yeah. the best but they're just incredible the work that they do because all of them wear so many hats and you know one of Zach's hats is to be the director of the high performance but I've been at I think every single one of the sessions but two so I I come to those again not just to just to be a part of it and just be out there but I'm looking at these players I'm training these players and I want them to understand that you know the head coach is watching and the head coach is you know invested in them um because we want to see players come through that system and inevitably sign a first team contract that's the goal 
And if I'm disconnected all the time and never watching it, then that that's not real. Yeah. So it, it goes back to that authenticity. It's a, it's a real thing. And um, I'll be out there actually this Sunday. Uh, Zach, I think Zach's holding uh, a session with a group of players. So I'll be out there and looking forward to it. And what's really cool is that's the the pipeline for New Mexico players to a professional team because there, there's the, the the Lobo soccer team's gone, the sure. men's team. So having uh, this pro, this opportunity with United, a professional team, is is huge. Could for keep New people youth. could keep kids here. That's yes. that's the goal, yeah. really. Yeah. And it's not you know it's not a pay to play model. You know this is mm-hmm. a, a free endeavor for every single mm-hmm. player that is involved in the high performance program. Oh, We're is... not asking them to pay anything, which again is very important towards them having an opportunity and not not being in a position that just because they can afford it, you know, they'll get that opportunity. If, if they're good enough, then we don't always get it right. You know, I, I think that's something that I've told you guys before. Um, but more times than not, if we see those players enough, we're going to give them that opportunity that hopefully they can maximize and make the most of. That's and, a huge in a, in a state like New Mexico. And we've already seen a little bit of that paying off in Gable Gendry. You know, mm-hmm. he was he played for the Albuquerque Soul on a Friday. He played against a Premier League team on a Sunday. That's right. Yeah. That's so cool. That's got to be the coolest story ever. That's a Disney movie. Come yeah, on. Absolutely. And that's those are the opportunities. Played against Cardiff. Gabe's a great example. You know, Gabe, part of his, the work up to that was he came out for the high performance sessions and he did well. We liked him. Actually, prior to that, we went to a high school game and saw him do extremely well uh, in, in the state finals um, last last year. And then came out to the high performance sessions, did well. Then he came in with the first team and he, he held his own. Um, he started, you know, going to class, going to his, his <laughs> high school classes and then driving at like 930 back to Mesa del Sol to train, then going back to class. So he put in the work in order to get that opportunity versus Cardiff yeah. and he earned it. Did, did he know going into the game that he was going to get put in? And if not, what was his reaction when you called his number? How I, big were his eyes? <laughs> yeah, I, I, told, I told him it was an opportunity for him to be, you know, part of the the group that was on the bench for the night. Cause we kind of split the squad. So he started off uh, on, uh, as a reserve and I told him there may be an opportunity in the game. We'll see how it plays out. And, you know, it just, it seemed like the right time. It seemed like, you know, there's 15, I think he got probably 10, 15 minutes in the game mm-hmm. and, and he, he did quite, quite well, actually. I, again, I think he held his own. And he was it, a spark of fire. He was a that. buzzsaw. He was running. He was fastest player on the pitch. Yeah, uh, and we've got some fast players. Sure, uh, man, he came in. And he was just all over the place. It was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. What's he? Seventeen, sixteen. Uh, he's seventeen. 17. He, and he, he ran like that. Too. Yeah, he <laughs> did. He did. Yeah, he's he's about to turn eighteen, and now you know now he's looking at uh, what are the best options for him in college, and we want to be a part of that process. It's not always about materializing into a first team contract with this program. It's you know, making sure to try to increase the level of play overall in the state and for, and for these individuals, so they don't have to go elsewhere to get that type of training, and then. If it, if it doesn't materialize into a first team contract, then how can we help, you know, facilitate something within the college ranks that that improves uh, their ability to get a really good education and play for a top program? I wish you could be a low bump. Wish you could. Wish yeah, you absolutely. could Absolutely. Not maybe a high point. Uh, I don't know what they are, but <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers, man. The Panthers. High yeah. point Panthers. Yeah, we're it's uh, we got a little little recruiting line from their Austin That's and right. Rush. That's, That's right. great. Um I'm looking at our questions here. Da, 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 da. I think we've kind of hit most of them. You seen any of that we missed, RJ? I, there's a lot of uh similar questions that we've had. Oh, here's from one. A lot of people but. from Javi. Uh Javier Obando. Uh he says, Congratulations on a great season. Thank you for trusting our state and trusting Peter. Um <laughs> could you talk a little bit about one, how you use the technical camera for training and, oh, okay. and film and stuff like that. And two, um how we can can we expect any changes in the midfield and Yeah, you know, I'll start with the second question. Again, I think we're looking to try to 
to you know improve and, and, and make it competitive in, in every single position on the field, no doubt about it. And uh, certainly um, at the back four, we want to look to try to improve in those areas and, and make it more competitive in the midfield uh, group. We want to try to do the same. So we're, we're looking at that right now, and we have a great group coming back. And I, and I feel you know fantastic about the guys that we have as the the foundation going into 2020 um from from the technical you know talking about the utilization of what camera is that that yeah the technical camera yeah so so we use a tactical camera um for all of our home matches and a lot of clubs do that it just gives a great vantage point because you you get to see everything i think what you see on the live broadcast is is great just for following a game and tv and that type of thing but the vantage point we use for both training and matches is just from a little bit higher up and that really that helps our players, you know, just educationally and myself educationally, just see things a little bit more clearly um, and paint a better picture whenever we start to review the the match or, or prepare for another opponent. Sure. Makes sense. Um, I think in the second portion of the question, uh, well, you did the second portion first, so we're good. Uh, Chris Walker had a question. Um, he said, did you get more wins out of the blue suit or the gray suit? <laughs> And did you ever repeat your wardrobe as a superstition, uh, like once we won or anything like that? Because I mean, I, I'll be honest, Troy. At the beginning of the season, it was one suit. Yes, yeah. I think for the first seven games that we won, yeah. you were one suit, and then it looked like it switched. Was that a superstition thing? Well, I only had I only had two suits really to work with. So to be <laughs> fair, you know, I didn't have a, a great wardrobe. But yeah, you know, I felt like if if I was wearing the gray suit in the beginning, you might as well stick with it. Once we lost change it up to the blue and see how long that one would ride out. That, that was, that was a little bit of a superstition for sure. <laughs> All right. I think our last question uh, comes from stone Austin. Uh, he wants your opinion on VAR. Would it be good in the USL? You think also that, that one, uh, that one was not, was not a goal <laughs> against Cody in Sacramento. Just throwing that I would out there. Love it for, you know, I think, uh, I, I think that that's something that would really be interesting. It, it was there for a period of time in 2016. Mm-hmm. In, in the USL? A, yeah, as a, mm-hmm. test, as a test run for, for the MLS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to you get decisions right more times than not, and it's such a fast-paced game. And, you know, I think teams are investing more, players are investing more in, in each of these seasons, so you just want to see the decisions be right, right. Um, in the critical moments of the game. So I... I'd be open to it. I, I, I would say from a pure standpoint that sometimes it, I hate it, it, it frustrates <laughs> me, but I get it though. I, I And I also think the goal line technology thing is really cool for the, the watch that they have that if it crosses the line, then it vibrates and that's that. Yeah. That I, I think that would be, I'm sure I, expensive, but what well, worthwhile. I'm more into that. I don't like VAR. Uh, I never have liked VAR. Um, I think the goal line technology probably would have saved us once, if not twice this mm. season. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I stand. I, I like far. Uh, yeah. I like far. I, I, I bet you. I, don't I like, bet you do like. What VAR. I don't like is, is it's the same official that made the call in the field that's making the VAR call. You know, it should be like in, in other sports where you you go to New York and have them decide, or or I guess uh, yeah. down to Tampa and right. let someone in Tampa decide sure. what's going on. But I like I like where it is though. You know, you have the technology, use it. Yeah, whatever. All right, so uh, Troy, as you're well aware, again, this is not your first rodeo. Uh, at the end of uh, this segment, we always allow uh, our guests, whether they be coaches, players, whatever, to have the floor for a owners. few minutes. Uh, owners, yeah, whatever, uh, to thank whoever they want to thank, give a shout out to whoever they want to give a shout out to, say hello to mom, whatever you want to mm-hmm. do, the floor is yours, Mr. Lassane. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly going to take it in the direction of, of my family, and, and that starts with Amanda, uh, my wife. She Got to get her on the show. Yeah, you should. Yeah. She, she is absolutely the more intelligent one out of the two of us, <laughs> and, um, you know, it just... The amount, the amount of time that we're 
away from home or even when we're at home and I'm, you know, my mind's in three different other places. Uh, she, she always is very patient with that. And, you know, she, she also took a gamble on coming, uh, to, to New Mexico. And I just thank her so much for that. Cause it's, it's a, a very difficult profession, but she's there through and through. So I love her so much. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll just stick with that. Well and, done. And, and I love, love my mom and my dad. I know you said that, uh, you, you appreciate I'm a big that. fan of Ellen the same. <laughs> oh, <me laughs> my too. Mom's She's great. Huge. Yeah. My mom's, uh, social media presence is something that we she still have to chat me about. You feel good. Yeah. <laughs> She's wonderful. You got You got yourself a great mom there. I don't know your dad. I'm sure he's great too. Uh, phenomenal. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but they your mom's are. top notch, top notch. Well, Troy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, again, you kind of, you bookended the season here. First, first guest. Um, and you're here in our kind of our season finale, if you will, we'll still have a couple episodes, obviously throughout the off season, and, uh, but, uh, kind of bookending it. So thank you so much for yeah. coming on. Thank you guys. What you do, you guys do is fantastic. And by the way, is, is a quick plug. This is the, the, Top rated t- uh, podcast is that right? Uh, uh, in the USO, something like that. Where we don't uh-huh. we don't like to brag. We well, like I'm brag. bragging for you because <laughs> what you guys do, you know, on the field, we see the results of that. But then I think people need to know too the quality that you put on here is is unreal. So thank well, you thank for you. everything you guys do. Most importantly, we just have fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. that's you great. guys give us a lot of content. So yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, uh, and uh, we're going to be right back in just a little bit with our good, our bad, our ugly, and much more. So stick around. You're listening to the Curse Cast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. Welcome back into the Curse Cast. RJ Montano, David Carl joining you. And we had an amazing segment just now, man. That was so cool getting coaching here. He's always a good interview. He gave us almost an hour of his time, plus yeah. time off of air that we were just able to hang out with him. He was, was, it, was it that long? Was it an hour? It, it felt an like hour segment. 10 minutes. Oh, it, it did. It really yeah, did. That's fine. Uh, but thank you, Coach Lassane, Lassesny. However they pronounce it on the USL. It's different every 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 broadcast. Lassesny. <laughs> what, what else do we get? How else do they pronounce it? Lasign, Lasign, Luzerne. I don't know. Troy. It's not that hard. No, it's Lasesny. Les- yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Lasesny. Coach Lasain. So thank you so much, Coach Lasain. in the membrane. I mean, we really appreciate you. We we know you listen to every podcast, so we, we really appreciate you and and everything you've done for the community, for uh, David and myself, for the entire curse, the entire New Mexico United fan nation, for the state, for the states. Just thank you so much for for one being here, you and your family. And just thank you so much. That's right. That's but right. But it is time for my favorite segment. The good. And the bad. The ugly. Since it's our last episode of this season, our season finale, I thought we should change it up a little bit. All right. What are we doing? Let's uh, let's just go through some gratitude. Okay. You know, the good, the good, and the good, I guess. The but, good, the, you know, the just, uh, just showing our gratitude because, I mean, we have a lot of fun with good, bad, and ugly, but sometimes I, I talk about El Paso and... <laughs> I don't want to do that this show. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. So it's essentially just things we're grateful for in a, in a wonderful season that was. Yeah, why not? Man? Sure. All right, I'll I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, I am grateful for not just Troy, who we love, but for a coaching staff that gets it 
and buys in. And when I say gets it, I mean gets our state, gets our people. And, you know, Zach Prince with his high-performance perf- high program and creating that bridge for New Mexicans, New Mexican kids to have an opportunity to maybe one day make it to New Mexico United. And even if they don't, like Troy was saying, they've got the opportunity. They're going to help them find maybe a college team to play for. Yeah. It's creating opportunities for our kids and letting them know that they they matter and they have a place and they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. Um, and, you know, it's it's... Brandon Morris doing about a million oh, man, jobs every single day and, and it, cleans up afterwards. I think <laughs> he, he's, he's amazing. And, and, and it's, it's, it's Troy, it's Zach, it's Brandon, it's Mike. It's, it's, it's literally everybody in that locker room from Kevon Frater to Santi Moar to Josh Suggs to Cody Mizell to Ben Beery, you know, all these guys, they believe, <laughs> they, but they've bought in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and not only have they bought in, like like Zach Prince with the High Performance yeah. uh, Academy, mm-hmm. he's not only bought in, but he's he's said yes to New Mexico, and he's making an investment in New Mexico's youth, yep. which is, I mean, the greatest compliment you could give a state is I'm going to invest in your kids, and I'm going to try to help them for free because, I mean, these kids aren't having to pay for this program. Yep. I'm going to try to help them be the best that they can be. And if they don't make it to where we are, we're at least going to try to make them the best soccer players and the best people that they can be. So that's, I mean, and to keep Mike on uh, here in New Mexico, yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic coach and, oh and to be God. able to keep him home. Yes. I mean, all these just great things. And like you mentioned, the players and, and the players that are not from New Mexico, we, we talk a lot about these New Mexicans who have said yes and came home, but yeah. these guys who have made New Mexico their home, Santi, mm-hmm. who has, has come here and, and just, you know, I love New Mexico. The, you are me. He and Tony they, saw everything this year. Oh man, they, they've been to more places than I have. And yeah. I, I grew up here. Right. But I mean, so, so to that end, uh, to wrap that portion up troy brandon mike zach tyler i am grateful for you thank all you guys thank you for buying in what Amazing. are you grateful for i am grateful for this is like our thanksgiving i know our thanksgiving <laughs> episode Don't, uh, listen to this a couple times yeah <laughs> uh for 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 the fan base for the fan base not 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 just the people who put in all the effort and the curse and i mean we have we have a huge following that that helps us out that, yes that there's, of course. There's, there's i mean so many unnamed people in the curse that do so much for us mm-hmm. but not, not only them but just like the entire fan base who said yes who came to the games who who you know bought tickets bought t-shirts rep slapped a bumper sticker on their car slapped the magnets on everything or just screamed their heads off and just came to the games and had fun drank a whether, beer with us yeah, in the parking lot whether you, you you paid for those really expensive tickets in some really great areas or you sat in the grass or it doesn't matter family zone you showed up you were proud of our team yep and, and you I your mean, team our team our team and, and you showed up and, and, yep. and you just made us proud and I think it's important to point out to that end that you don't need to be in the supporter section to be in the curse. You know, we have curse members who sit in, in section 205. Section, yeah. We have curse members who sit in the grass. You know, it doesn't matter. And we're, we are one uh, united supporting family. Um, and and I, I just I want to make that really clear. You know, nobody is 
Nobody's better than anybody because of what section they sit in or what color they wear or how they cheer if they decide to sit or stand. It's whatever you want to do. You know, we're all a united family. Uh, and and sorry, I went off a little no, bit of a tangent great, there, but I agree so, with you. So cool just to, to have curse members in every section, but not only not just curse members, just everyone just from New Mexico who showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the people who've only come to one game, one match. Who cares? And, and, and had a blast at that match or people who have season tickets or people who, you know, could afford to come to one game or, or just didn't have the time to come all these the games. people just who people. sit at home and watch on their couch Watching and cheer the team on phones. or listen on this radio station yeah they listen I mean, on driving around town you're listening to the game yeah just new mexico showed up this year and i mean it, we had a lot to cheer for yeah but we we brought it we also brought it and so. your two is going to be louder oh, and I'm, better and just i'm i'm so excited to see what Troy does in bringing in players and readjusting the tactics and you know it's it's going to be an exciting season too it's going to be I am so pumped for what we're going to see uh, I am too I'm excited for what 205 brings God next they're year. so good they're so good 205 front row that was uh, we were talking to Troy about things that uh unexpected yeah, successes yeah. come on and i i had i mean i didn't know that they existed you know they didn't know they existed it was just yeah. uh, it was just a group of fans coming together who have an amazing artistic oh, talent amazing talent and just deciding hey we're gonna do this and I, I i i think i mentioned this last episode but every single time they did one i was just more and more impressed it's like it's another level of how amazing it is they were so cool yeah so cool to see if 201 wants to start doing that you know <laughs> even if it's stick figures that'd be really cool to see <laughs> i would I, I would the love least artistic people in the fan in the stands the the more supporters sections around the stadium we can create the better i i i want i want everybody to to get the experience i want everybody to, yeah we're all in it together yeah and, and it's 205 and it's the curse but we're all just we're we we're all there for one reason yeah and it, and it's not even to cheer on our team it, it's to be proud of our team to be proud of ourselves to be proud of our state so yeah i, I man i i was blown away by the support and and surprised by the sport, but I, I why was I like a, I know we had this in us. Yeah, but we had to get it out. You know, we had to. We, we had, had to, yeah. We had to have the catalyst to to move that. So well, and and it's important that it's not just a flash in the pan on the part of the fans. You know, it's it it's not just a one year thing. No, you know, we're coming back and we're coming back strong, commitment. and we're gonna be there. We're gonna be loud and we're gonna pack that park. And we're gonna make it just as tough. A, we're gonna make it a, just as tough a place to play as we did last year. Um, and we're gonna do even better. And yeah, I'm year excited two's bigger. to sh- share this with my kids, and, and mm-hmm. you know, just generations to come. This is our team. This is what we're gonna be proud of. Yep. This is what we're gonna have fun. This is. I mean, I didn't even grasp how big soccer was this time last year. Yeah. And now well, that do I do, you know, remember? Do you remember? I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you remember in episode one, I talked about, I remember this, the very first episode I talked about, soccer has this amazing uniting quality, and I'm so excited for it to come to my state. Do you remember I said I that? I remember Now that. you get it. I get it. I'm in. I'm, I've bought in. It's great. I'm pumped. So uh, that's, that's. I'm, I mean, I'm grateful for that. Do you have another one? Yeah, I, I, I am grateful. I know I, I talked about the coaching staff, and you just mentioned the fans. We talked a little bit about the players. I want to talk a little bit about the front office folks. Uh, I am grateful for a front office. We, we talked about with Troy a little bit. You can tell when either a person or an organization is just kind of going through the motions, is faking it, is... 
just trying to get a paycheck. Not genuine. I yeah, it's not genuine. You don't see that with this front office. No. You don't. Uh, it's it's it is. That's not how they operate. Um, they're in this because they care. They're in this because they love this state, because they want better things for this state, and they're making better things from the state. I mean, that starts with Peter. It's Ron. It's you know. It's Lucas. It's Des. It's Liz. It's Josh Lane. It's it's Dorian. It's Jessica. It's Ileana. It's Marcos. It's everybody there. It's Seth. It's Dom. It's like it's 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 everyone. It's Tyler. It's Quinn. It's Brandon. I'm I'm gonna forget people. So I'm gonna I'm opening up the 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 the, uh, the thing right now. Tyler, Quinn, Drew, Katie, Brandon, Seth, Dom, Marcos, Jessica, Dorian, Ileana. Josh, Lucas, Liz, Des, Ron, Peter. Those are the people that are on the website. I have interacted with some of them more than others. I've interacted with all of them in some way or another. And I can tell you that these people care. And you can feel it every day when, whether it's a match day and you're out of the stadium or whether it's just a day where you just go into the team shop and you just talk to people. They care. They care about the state. They care about the people. And they want to make it a success so that they can build what the state can be. Um, and it's, it's, I, I am eternally grateful for that. I could not possibly be more grateful for that because I think they realize it, but even if they don't like the impact that they're going to have 10 years down the road, right from right now, because of what they built this year is just immeasurable. What it's going to be in 15 years, you know, when this is an established, you know, staple of the state. This is going to be the thing that people talk about. When you talk about New Mexico, it's going to be green chili and New Mexico United and Meow Wolf. Those three things. Red, red chili. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not going to hear an argument for me on that. I'm a red guy. Here, but, here's the thing though. Like you named everyone that, well, that was on the, on the website, but well, everyone we know, not one of them. Is this a job to them? I mean, None of them treat this as this is my job and this is what I do. This They treat this as a passion project that they are all invested in. And not only is it, even if they're not from here, they have become part of here. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you see it in their actions. You see it in how they, they approach us as the curse, as they approach the entire fan base, how they work every single day. They they, they bought in. They, 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 they feel what we feel. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And like I said, it's, it's, it's hard to describe in words. You just know it, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just there and you're part of it. And I feel honored to be a part of it. Um, it's been an amazing, amazing, amazing first year and, you know, we're wrapping up here. Um, but I, I could not be more grateful to the team, to the fans, to the players, to the coaching staff, um, for just, Everything. I mean, for for allowing us to be part of this in the way that we have in year one. Um, and you notice I'm not, like I said to Troy, I'm not using past tense here. No. But the way we have been part of this and the way we will continue to be part of this, um, it's been one of the most rewarding and exciting experiences of my life. So. And with that, uh, let's uh, let's thank. Well, I have, oh, you I got have one more. more. You got one more. Yeah, do I it. Do have one more? Yeah, and, and I think this is is a very important one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just gratitude for we put in a lot of work this year. Yes, you we and do. I, you and I, along with a lot of people, but you and I put in a lot of work. Sure. And and just getting that support from Chanel and and from Susie and yeah. from my mom and from just everyone that has is given. 
you know, their time and effort so that you and I could come and my, have fun. So and my dogs record. who miss their dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every there's a lot of people who are in our small circles and I'm going to get really selfish here, but our small circles so we can have fun. Yeah. I mean, we went to games, we went to road trips. We've, we've gone to, I mean, we record a curse cast as often as possible. We, tailgates. Tailgates. I mean, <clears throat> we selfishly, we had a lot of fun this year. Yeah. And oh my I God, do we have I mean, a lot of fun? You and I barely knew each other this time last year. We, were, yep. I think we had met maybe once or twice before. Yep. And, and now for us, I mean, going to hotel rooms, I got to take my niece to Minnesota to an MLS game against New Mexico United and, and have that experience in, in just, uh, you know. And we scored all, first. And we scored first, <laughs> and we had the best nine minutes of our lives. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, so you and I, we have a great support system, and yes. just you know, I'm grateful for. Thank you, Chanel. I love gratitude. you. You too, Susie. I guess you're okay. Yeah, all right, Susie, Suzette, and uh, my girls too. I love them. Yeah. So, but you know, I had to make sure to to say something to them because I mean, we, I had an incredible year. Yep. And it does again. It doesn't happen and, without and support. That is past tense. I did have yes a magic year, and I cannot wait for next year. I cannot wait to go to San Diego and oh, make fun of. All right, so yeah, you guys, you guys can you guys can mark this one. We don't have a schedule yet, uh, but when we you can mark this one on your calendar whenever that schedule comes out. We are doing a trip to San Diego. It's going to be amazing. So first financial, uh, you know, <laughs> if you guys want to get a Southwest plane yeah, or something, you are going to fill it. We're going to San Diego. It's San Diego. Come on. Take a week off of work for that. Um, but anyway, so, you know, we, we spend this whole segment thanking people. Let's thank a few more. The people who have made everything possible this year. Uh, you know, we, we, thank it, we thank them at the end of every episode. But in particular, as we kind of have our season finale here, uh, I want to just really express gratitude to these people who have, without them, we are not where we are. Um, you know, it's and RJ, you can go ahead and, and, and list them off, but uh, they've really kind of made the curse go in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, we have a, a Star Brothers Brewing. That is the home of the curse. The home of the curse. That, that is was our original location. Uh, I remember last year on Christmas time, we were having our, our curse parties and no one knew what the heck the curse was. <laughs> what does that name even mean? But Star bought in right away. And Star was like, yes. Yep. I mean, they're like hell yes we're gonna do this and we're gonna be there and they have supported us yep from day one from john the- john and heather they said yes before there was anything to say yes to you know they yeah. they were the home of soccer before the curse existed before new mexico united existed um you know they they bought in from day one we could have been a big flop and mm-hmm. they took a gamble on us and thankfully it's gone well but Nothing but gratitude for Heather, John, everybody over there. Um, they've been fantastic to us. Yeah, they have. They've really helped us out this first year in so many different ways. So thank you, Heather, John. The beer we have at the, the tailgates from them. The delicious beer. The delicious beer every tailgate, and you know, looking ahead, I'm excited for year two. Yeah, we'll have some stuff to announce maybe over the summer. Yeah. But we're gonna have some and we're still going to, by the way, this is the season finale. And I think we said this at the beginning. This is the season finale, but it's... Of the curse cast, not of the curse. I mean, we're still going to have events. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yes. 
what I was getting at is we're still going to have some episodes throughout this off season as well. It just won't be as often as we've had during the regular season. But yeah, we're actually also, it might be as often. As maybe, regular maybe a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also uh, we're also going to have events uh, throughout the season. And speaking of events, yeah, we have one coming up this Friday. So we're recording this on Tuesday. You're probably listening to it on maybe Wednesday, Thursday. This Friday, I'm mean, sorry, this Sunday. Sunday excuse me, not Sunday, at all. Friday, Sunday, 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 Sunday. This Sunday, the tenth. Uh, is going to be our end of the year curse extravaganza fiesta party, whatever you want to call it, uh, at, of course, Star Brothers Brewing. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have live screen printing, so you get your curse t-shirts. We're going to have a live photo booth with like curse filters and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to have a raffle uh, that will include uh, two gift certificates if you want to get a New Mexico United or curse tattoo. I'm just uh-huh. saying. Uh, tramp stamp. There you go. See how much beers we drink. <laughs> hey, brown chicken, brown cow is back. Yes. Thank you, Heather, for making my dreams come true. RJ's favorite beer is back. Uh, mine is not back yet, but it is coming soon. Soon. Uh, my my favorite beer is the uh, the Biscochito Stout. It usually comes in like late November, early December. So I'm very excited about that. But anyway, Sunday starting at 1 p.m. Uh, is our end of the year party. We're gonna. It's 1 p.m. till kind of whenever we feel like going home. So it'll be there for a while. So please feel free to join us. Uh, it'll be your first opportunity to pre-order your 2020 membership. And oh gosh, it's so cool. The yeah, the the membership stuff is so we sweet. Stepped it up. Yeah, we did. Two. We did. We the the stuff is is really really great. So pre-order your memberships uh, so we can use that money to order the membership stuff, the scarf and the and the card and and all that jazz. The card. This is this membership card is going to be the coolest membership card <laughs> in soccer. And I don't think just US soccer cuz that's boring. I mean, we are going to have a membership card. You're really selling is, it. Uh, well, here's the here's the deal. <laughs> it's a freaking membership card. Whoop de doo. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not just whoop de doo. This is going to be badass and you come over to uh, Star on on Sunday, you'll Pre-order. see what we're talking about. Pre-order it. Yep. You'll, you'll, you'll be just as amazed as I am. It's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty cool. So yeah, that's this Sunday. Uh, let's continue with let's the continue. thankings. Yes. Uh, we've had several, uh, places that have watch parties this summer, yes. uh, this, this season, not just summer. Absolutely. Uh, we had Boxcarp in Santa Fe. Thank you guys so much for hosting our, our, our year one parties for the Norteños Las Cruces for, uh, the Southerners that are in a very bad district of soccer. Thank you for uh, uh, hosting our parties to to Bosque Brewing down in Las Cruces. Yep. Rio Bravo had our two parties here in Albuquerque, and we appreciate them for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had several other sponsors like uh, House of Soccer. House of Soccer, yeah, absolutely. They, they're the place to go if you need soccer here, if you want to get a name on the back of your New Mexico United jersey, whatever you want to do, they're the spot, and you get a, a, a discount, 10% discount with your Curse membership card, yep. which I don't know if you've heard are going to be pretty cool next year. I'm you. I mean, they're going to be the coolest cards in all of soccer. And I'm not just talking boring U.S. soccer. He's talking international soccer. I'm talking every soccer. That's right. uh, I also want to thank uh, ESPN Radio 1017 Team Joe O'Neill. Yep. I mean, just. Joe's the man. This opportunity to host the Curse Cast from here, from the studios. Uh, I mean, we are really appreciative of that because, I mean, it makes my life easier. So we're not recording on just like a microphone in front of a laptop and yeah, poor sound quality. Somebody's have, basement. Yeah, we yeah. have we have great sound quality. The equipment is is top notch, and it makes my life easier. I could go home and, and produce this really quick. Yeah. 
It's great. So thank you to Joe O'Neill and ESPN Radio 1017, the team. You're home. You're your flagship station for New Mexico United Soccer. That's right. Uh, Rude Boy Cookie. Yes, you can't not thank Rude Boy Cookie. Mike so, Silva. So speaking of Rude Boy, I was on Twitter the other day. I don't know if you saw this. They have... So, so my favorite cookie, like if you're just talking regular cookies, just like chocolate chip, you know, uh, oatmeal raisin, whatever. My favorite cookie is a snickerdoodle. I love snickerdoodles. Oh, I saw that. Did you see? All right, all right, oh. all right hold on. I want to get there. Oh. So my favorite cookie is a snickerdoodle. My favorite food in the world is apple pie. They have an apple pie snickerdoodle cookie, and I haven't had it yet, and I'm losing my mind, and I need to try it. It's there for all of November. I'm so Freaking excited. I'm going to get a dozen, and then I'm going to get another dozen. Um, Next time you see David Carl, you're going to have diabetes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, I am very excited to try that. It looks it looks amazing. Oh, it looks and, so every, you know, great. every cookie I've had there has been amazing. I mean, I've, I've not had I, – I always go with the classic cookie, like a chocolate chip or a peanut butter with the, one of those milkshakes. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, oh, the, uh, the what's the shake and bake? The shake and bake. Yeah. The milkshakes. Oh, my. Yeah. But, but yeah, head over to, to there's two locations, Rude Boy. Uh, one in I haven't Alvado been to the Elvato one. Yet. Really cool place. You need to go. Yeah. And on Harvard across from UNM. That's the one yeah, I always go to. And, and thank you so much to Mike Silva. You, you've, you I mean, just we continue with our gratitude. We thank yep. you so much. And he, Mike, uh, really helped uh, drive set up the uh, the uh, the trolley, the game day trolleys mm-hmm. as well that we yeah, had a couple cool times out there, which was really cool. People loved that. Uh, another person we want to thank, Jose, uh, uh, Carlos. Carlos! Carlos Bazo. Doral! Motors! That's right. So, uh, at the beginning of the season, I, I mean... We were approached by by Carlos, and he's like, "Hey, I want to do this. I want to be all in the curse." And and we said yes, and he said yes, and this has been just it's a been great a happy relationship. Marriage. Thank you so much, Carlos. I mean, you have you've Carlos truly epitomizes what it means to be in the curse you and know? to be New Mexican. That's Carlos. Yeah, that's a good point. Is New Mexico? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's a great human being. Uh, he is. A genuine human being. If Carlos tells you something, you can take it at face yeah. value. You don't have to worry about some ulterior motive it's, with it's him. He's just a good guy, and and you know it's your deal is done. And yeah, and he's not to mention any of that. I mean, he's just great to be around and yeah, to enjoy the games yeah, with, and fun to hang out, have with, a beer, with, beer with, with, and free tacos. Carlos is one of my favorite people that I've that I've had the opportunity to meet. He's, yeah, he's and, and uh, New Mexico United brought us together. So uh-huh. <laughs> that is so cool. Without New Mexico United, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet Carlos and Danielle and, and his great team too over at Durrell Motors yeah. uh, who, who puts in a lot of effort on, on game days, a ton of effort on game, uh, home game days. Absolutely. So huge thank you to Carlos. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, the noms. The noms. Always oh, got to thank man. the noms. Yeah, thank you for, for our music. It's been a lot of fun to use this this first season. Uh, man, it's so cool. Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing first season. Like we said, uh, this is technically the season finale, but we will have a few episodes throughout the off season. We're going to have events throughout the off season, and again, that first event this Sunday, one p.m. Star Brothers will be going pretty much all day. So join us whenever you can. Get in on the raffle. Get in on uh, on uh, the photo booth. Get in on the live T-shirt screen printing. It's going to be a blast. Might be United staff there too. Uh, which is yeah, really we're cool. we're coaching staff. We're we've... expecting maybe some coaches, maybe some players to come out, come say hi, and uh, you know we'll have we'll, to thank them. We'll too. have some cool stuff maybe to raffle off too. So yep. come on and join us. And uh, thank you, the listeners. That's the the yeah, last people we have to thank. Um, thank you for listening in for. All your feedback for your sending in your questions—that's yeah. huge for us. That's that's where our content well, comes we, we from. We joked with, uh, with Coach earlier, like we had two or three questions at the beginning, the first episode. And we and had now like we had thirty. It's so we, cool. To there were several that. we didn't get through today. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're sorry for that, but I mean, 
Thank you you guys so much. It's so cool. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us uh, a platform. Thank you for caring. Um, You know, because it could just be RJ and I here talking to two microphones and nobody would listen. And that would be that. Um, We'd still do it. We'd still do it. (laughs) But thank you for listening. And and again, thank you for the feedback. And and we love you guys. And and again, just thanks for listening. It's been great. Yes, it has. All right. Well, for the last time this season, RJ, somos unidos. We are united. Quaking, coming out of this guitar and, and the beat goes on and on and on